This is the Arise Ministries Collective Podcast, where we seek to equip and encourage the body of Christ in biblical truth and understanding. We believe that when women have an authentic and growing relationship with Jesus Christ, truly know God's Word, and are dependent on the Holy Spirit, they become powerful and influential vessels for the Kingdom. I'm Lisa DeSilva, and today we're continuing our in-between series with roommates and co-hosts, Jess and Amanda. If you haven't had a chance to listen to their first episode about contentment in singleness, you can find that on our website or on iTunes. But today they're talking about stagnation, what it is, how we can move through it, and even ways we may be able to bear fruit for God's kingdom and glory in it. Jess and Amanda want us all to wait well and use scripture and stories to help us understand what that might look like from their sofa in Portland, Oregon. I'm excited for you to listen in on their conversation. Friends, welcome back. Amanda and I are thrilled to be back with you again, talking about another topic that we found relevant in the in-between, and that's none other than stagnation. Before we start, we should probably touch base on what stagnation is and how we're translating it to this life stage. Stagnation, according to Merriam-Webster, is the state of not flowing or moving. Now, I don't know about you, but does this ever ring true for my life, especially just right now. It can feel like the whole world has been put on pause as of late. And if you're anything like me, you're often stuck in your thoughts, which leaves a lot of room for mixed emotions to creep in and often no room for the spirit to work since our focus is elsewhere, namely on ourselves. This podcast for me was particularly just a little more real. I think for both of us, we've both Mm -hmm. said, um, but we'll get into that in a second. We definitely looked at each other as we were creating this a few times these past few weeks and been like, what is going on? on. So we just think it's so interesting that things that come up when you start to speak about them are going to. And I know that you you might attribute that to spiritual warfare, Amanda. Yeah, yeah. I think it is a very real issue when we work through problems like that. And I think, wait, I think about your um, your mentor or your... your What's her, what is her name? Linda? Yeah. I think yeah. about Linda and just yeah. like how she kind of said something similar too. Mm, yeah, I think that when... Working in, in um, ministry or looking to speak to people about a certain thing, I, I think it's no surprise that the enemy, um, yeah, wants to attack the areas where God can really use our voice and, um, or we may be stepping out in obedience, which I think for us, that's kind of what this podcast is, is us yeah. both having a heart and, and stepping out in uh, obedience. And mm-hmm. I do see that stagnation in and of itself, um, whether it's... <laughs> us sitting in being like stagnant, feeling stagnant in our lives while doing a podcast about stagnation, or it's yeah. in in the vein of discouragement and weariness. Um, I think a lot of times we can attribute it to, you know, I think we've talked about that it's dealing with hormones or it's bad days or interactions mm-hmm. that are triggering <clears throat> us. Like, yes, those are happening, but I think uh, I really see stagnation as a tool of the enemy. Um, I heard once in a sermon that aimlessness is akin to lifelessness, and I think I talked to you about that a couple times. That really, that really hit home to me. Um, I think that the enemy wants to paralyze us, whether it's coming from a place of fear um, and a lack of trust in God's timing. Um, it could be something like complacency with things that should be addressed, um, or like zooming in so close on our problems and our desires that we stop asking, "What does God want?" Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I see stagnation as as a dangerous place between honestly the two topics we're talking about. Um, in an in-between time, contentment and and mission. If we get stuck in discontentment and are lacking vision and not seeing the mission God has for us, 
I think we can be tempted to not do anything at all and just be stagnant. Mm -hmm. And when I think of that, when I was thinking of stagnant, like what that word, and I know, I think growing up in the church, we both heard like stagnant, what that summates to a lot of us. It's, it's that lukewarm, unmoving water, which is gross. It's nasty. Mm -hmm. And I think of like swamp water. And, um, I was, I was asking like, is that, you know, what God has called us to, is that ever discussed in the Bible? And I really see the opposite encouraged. Um, you know, when we look at the the living water of God, it's talking about cool water flowing and moving, um, like in John 4, 14. Um, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will be come in him, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Or in Revelation 3, 16, um, but since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Um yeah, I just think that lukewarm stagnancy is not something that glorifies God, but it's so easy to do in our culture. <laughs> and also yeah. when we're in a season of waiting, um, waiting in singleness, waiting on clarity for direction, waiting for a child, or just waiting for change, which is something I think we talked about. Yeah. Like we get to a certain point where we're like, I just want change. Um, and I do just want to clarify before we jump in that I think we can both agree that like this is different than just like sitting and being still with the Lord yeah. and making time to be with him. Mm-hmm. Like that's not stagnation because I don't want to just have someone walk out of this hearing like do more, be more, you aren't enough or things totally, like that. Totally. Because I think, yeah, as, as a born again believer, you are already fully supplied by Christ. He has done the work and it is from mm-hmm. his power, his strength and learning about his character that we want to encourage you to move forward in this. Even if it feels like you're moving through thick, tepid swamp water, um, yeah, and Preach. and it's it's hard, and and yeah, I think one of the things that I I we had talked about was digging into a biblical narrative that um, shows us someone who is waiting on the Lord and how they use that time. And I know that for both of us, we were kind of like looking and seeing what stories would fit best. And you know, there's no like stagnation. The word isn't really talked about in the mm-hmm, Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the tones are talked about, and there's there's a lot of stories of waiting and character stories and. Right. Um, I think one thing for me as I was looking at, uh, yeah, either, either stories of Abraham, um, or Sarah and Anna, all, all these different stories that come to mind. I actually, I chose Daniel, um, because I was thinking about when Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, um, they're captured and we see their actions in the waiting. Um, and their story is a story of hope, um, hope in a time where they had to have faith to either believe that God is who he says he is um, or to give into the circumstances that they find themselves in. Um, they're taken to serve in Babylon. They refuse to act or serve in a way that contradicts God's ways, though. They won't set aside the one true God. There's a lot of you know dramatic persecution in this book, mm-hmm. um, which I want to acknowledge is is like obviously a little bit different than in a waiting season sometimes. I mean, sometimes there is physical pain, mm-hmm. but this was, I mean, physical brutality. Um, but I do really see the parallels that can be drawn when we looked at, at the reaction Daniel had to the waiting he was in. Like, it wasn't stagnant. Um, it speaks to how we can be faithful to the hope we have in the hardships that we encounter. Because even though they are in a fiery furnace, they're still really real. And I think they're still an important thing to bring to the Lord and experience growing closer to him. Like he wants to teach us something in it. Though there isn't physical hardship. I mean, again, there there sometimes is in the in-between waiting time if you're having health issues or if there's, I mean, physical things that you're going through while waiting for that next thing to change. Like mm-hmm. that is real. And I think the lesson to be learned of a hopeful faith that moves us from stagnation is a common thread. Mm-hmm. Um Daniel's reaction to waiting and going step by step through the hardships without knowing the end before him shows an example of a faithful servant. His commitment to prayer, seeking God in his face, and his vision for people who had turned away from God. 
Um, we hear him praying God's character and aligning himself with God's heart. Um, in Daniel 9, 3 to 4, um, he says, Then I turned my face to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, mm-hmm. O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Um, he goes on to confess his need for God further throughout the book. Um, he acknowledges more of God's character. And the story continues of how Daniel and the others um, with him maintain that hope while waiting for the Lord to work in their circumstances with the Babylonians. Um, I would encourage you to to read Daniel's story for yourself, listeners. I know that um, I think for you and I, Jess, like the lens we see a lot is like, Children's Church and the felt board and Daniel in the lion's den right. and you're sitting there and it's a great story but I I, I think a cool challenge is to um, actually highlight the actions and reactions that Daniel has throughout this circumstance and spend some time with the Lord um, asking how you're reacting to the situation that you're waiting in and um, yeah pursuing that question of how do I how do I wait well how do I not just be stagnant and unmoving water um, so yeah in in how we've talked about, we're both doing it together. How, how would you submit that you're, what God has shown you in this waiting time? Um, yeah, how are you feeling about it right now? Well, first off, thanks for <clears throat> sharing about Daniel. And um, I mean, also, I was, I was also thinking about, so I'm like making my way through um, Genesis right now, kind mm-hmm. of the, the latter chapters of Jan- Genesis. And um, I kind of did think about, and I'm, I'm not going to quote from it, but I think it's like, Genesis 45, 46, 47 chapter, um, where, you know, Joseph gets thrown into a pit by his brothers Mm. and sold into slavery. And then he just stays in prison straight up. Just like they, he, (laughs) well, so he obviously he prospers in Potiphar's house. And then the whole thing with Potiphar's wife happens and then Mm. Potiphar throws him in prison. And so Joseph is just hanging out in prison with the baker. And I think it's Mm. the cupbearer and he hangs out there for a long time. And like, I just think about like, if you were Joseph, like (laughs) that stagnation, like that waiting for the next thing. And, um, you know, both Daniel and Joseph are men who just are, um, literally put in the fire. (laughs) Like even Daniel, like you're just like, you're, you're literally like, okay, Lord, I trust you. And I don't know, we don't know exactly like what happened or what they thought for themselves. Well, that's what I think is so interesting. I think we talked about it previously with our character study in Ruth that we see the full story. Like we get to see like that whole like perspective zoomed out that God has given where in that moment, like they're in that waiting and and possibly, you know, yeah, fighting that, I think, battle of stagnation. Yeah. And they don't see the end. Like, yeah. they don't see the story we see in, in its full, again, not even just chapter by chapter, but the entire, you know, work of God that he's revealed. Yeah. And it is. It's interesting to think of those those stories. And maybe it's only just that that we ourselves are the only ones that know those stories. Like we, mm. what well, our story, like mm. our, I am an expert in my story. You're an expert in your story because you're living it out every day. But, mm. um, I mean, for me during this time in the waiting, um, there's been a couple things. <laughs> um, I think I've been challenged to thank God for my trials during this time. Mm. Like so many verses about suffering, producing character, character, perseverance and perseverance, hope. And like just that, um, Jessica, have you thanked the Lord for undergoing what it is you're you're going Mm. through right now? And I was like, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it hurts. It hurts. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to submit that. Yeah. Yeah, It's hard. Yeah. And um, I think stagnation, you know, 
someone challenged me. I so I joined this running group um, of women, and she had this this one woman in the group asked me, um, "What has God God shown you, or what are you learning in your life right now?" As we were mm-hmm. running, and um, I was like, I just shared a little bit about my story and just where I was at right now, just even living here in Oregon, and my thoughts on Oregon, and my thoughts on my career, and wanting to get married, and. She was like, why? And I was like, I am so afraid I'm going to get stuck in the what ifs in life. Mm -hmm. Like, what if I just stay here? What if like this is all my life will ever be? Um, And she said, why are you thinking about the what ifs? Why are you not staying in what is? And Mm -hmm. I was just so like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, yeah, I, you know, I'm five billion steps ahead of what Mm -hmm. is right now. Um, And and yet I, I also feel God kind of like whispering in my ear, I'm not going to move forward without you, Jessica. Like yeah. I, I, I go nowhere without you. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, those, that's just kind of something I'm sitting on during yeah. this time. And I think we've spoken about, you know, how are we going to be good stewards in this stagnation yeah. in this time period when it feels yeah. like the Lord has not made his will maybe as, as clear as we'd hope it would be at hmm. this time. Um, what about yourself? Like, what have you, what have you been learning during this time? I mean, I think it's similar. I think it's, um, yeah. One of the things I shared with you is it's like this thought pattern that on my most like emo of days (laughs) on my, on my, like I am struggling to, and sometimes it's a week. Sometimes it's, it's after, yeah. Something will kind of like tip me over the edge. And it, I think the way, yeah, God has created my heart is, a lot of mornings, it feels like I'm waking up with a broken heart. Yes. Because of the desires yep. that I have that remain unfulfilled in the ways I want them. Mm-hmm. And I, in relate, and like, it's hard to, I don't know, even sometimes share that because it sounds like, oh, that just sounds so defeatist. But then I mm-hmm. also think of, I mean, when I come to the Lord and how he renews that broken heart every day and and being vulnerable enough to even like say that because I know I had mentioned it to you and you're like, oh yeah, I feel that. But then I had mentioned it to a few other people and hearing that in different seasons of, you know, moms whose kids are struggling and making really terrible decisions. And they, they're like, yeah, I feel like I wake up with a broken heart every day or moms that aren't moms yet that are waiting to have a kid or adopt a kid. They're like, I feel like I'm waking up with a broken heart. And, and I just love that every morning God, really does continue to show me something new as I come to him in his word. He provides purpose, perspective, and promise for that pain. How's that for an alliteration? Purpose, perspective, Pro- and, and promise, promise for the pain. Oh, ooh, additional <laughs> piece. Such alliteration. <laughs> and it's, it's true. I mean, there's, there's some days, I think for both of us that we talked about, that I can, I can lean more into that heartbreak than the promise that God Absolutely. has for me. But by and far, I mean, as I come to him with those things and I – actively seek out like I don't want to fall into that pit and be stagnant in that he teaches me more about him he Mm -hmm. yeah shows me again with increased vision and with increased relationship in in uh fighting against discontentment that um yeah through through contentment and and mission in him that he's provided me like a vision to help break those patterns and uh yeah to just really rest in what he has for me this day um, mm. on the good days. There's such mm. good days mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. And I think we, we both had uh, kind of looked at really what we wanted to share that the Bible says about this too because I think yeah. 
there are a few different, I think, veins of where we've come from in, in what this looks like. So, yeah, what, what did you really read about? Um, I think there was a few things you had on your mind. Yeah, even talking previously with you as we're, like, talking about how we wanted to set up this podcast. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think we're coming at it from different perspectives, but they're in unison. Yeah. Like, so the things that we'll present to you, maybe you resonate with one more than the other, and that's yeah. totally fine. I think for one thing that I wanted to touch on before I yeah. dive in was the Bible talks a ton about bearing fruit. And yeah. there's a ton, like as I'm going through just the word of mm. God, like I'm like, wow, there's so much yeah. that Jesus talks about with, um, you know, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Mm-hmm. I abide in me and I will abide in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Like there's times where God in the Old Testament, like creates a tree for Jonah to rest under and then he kills the tree. Like there's just so much about like, or Jesus curses a fig tree that bears no fruit. Mm. Like there's so much about bearing good fruit. And I think that you can bear fruit in stagnation. Hmm. I do. Like, I think Hmm. you can make that argument, Hmm. but like through our long suffering, it produces so much. Like I, um, so what came to mind for me was Ecclesiastes seven, two through six, And it says, better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will take it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by a sad countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the the wise than for a man to hear the song of the fools. For like the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity." And I know that this sounds like a super depressing passage, mm. um, but I have the MacArthur Study Bible. MacArthur points out that the point of this section is to emphasize that more is learned from adversity than from pleasure. True wisdom is developed in the crucible of life's trials, though the preacher wishes that were not the case when he writes, this also is vanity. And yeah, I think long suffering is a huge part of our lives. And it's so hard, right, when we compare our lives to other people and we're like, mm-hmm. well, they're not suffering. You know, they just had a baby or they right. just bought a house or they sure. just did X, Y, Z. But that's your story's not their story. And um, I, I do. I mean, Hebrews 6, 6.15 talks about after much long suffering, mm-hmm. Abraham received the promise. Like, yeah. So you you journey through fire like <laughs> that's just a real thing and for me a big part of stagnation I think is learning to wait well mm-hmm. um, and and I think also too technically we aren't stagnant right now right like we like something that it, I mean this struck me was like waiting is also an active thing mm-hmm. to do and so mm-hmm. um, even when you can't see its benefits or have like measurable tangible results. Mm-hmm. You're still doing something. You're waiting. Sure. Be encouraged. I just hope you're encouraged in that because I, mm-hmm. when I kind of reframed that of like, well, I am doing something. I'm not just sitting in a void. Mm-hmm. Um, and also too, I, so in terms of singleness, I did want to address, like, I don't, I don't know where you're at with all of this, but for me, I mean, I, one of my biggest fears is failure <laughs> and rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel a lot like I have been picked last on the baseball team. And I was telling Amanda that, like, I feel like I'm that little kid. That's just like, I don't know if you guys were always picked first or not on sports teams, but your girl was not super great <laughs> at kickball. Um, so I know what it's like to be picked last. And, um, you know, I read this quote. It's super cheesy, but it's by Babe Ruth. And I was just like, yeah, when I heard it. And Babe Ruth says, every strike brings me closer to the next home run. 
Um, so if you're out there and you feel like you've struck out, keep striking out. Like keep keep failing, keep keep trying and, and keep going. Yeah, I, there's so much, I think just there's such power in um, continuing to show up is what mm-hmm. I, I, like show up to the diamond mound or whatever baseball yeah. terminology that is. But. <laughs> Show up to the four square. Mm, no, 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 no. We did. We we clearly played a lot of sports. That's going exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, field. Yeah, I do. I, I like what you said um, again. That it's it's not that we're just sitting and not doing anything in stagnation. Like I mean, we are either growing closer to God continually or further away from God continually, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's that's good. And and I think that challenge you said is we keep showing up. Like we we don't just sit in the failure, whatever, like we, we keep showing up. And then again, I think we get to rest in the fact that God is going to meet us there. Mm. Like he is there in it. <laughs> um, I think when I, I look at the viewpoint of stagnation, um, that I've mentioned, it's, I see it as when we lose our joy, um, or our hope, um, that we're possibly living in discontentment or when we can fail to see, or even be reminded of, um, the mission and the vision that God has for us here. Like why, he literally has us here every day. Mm. Um, what I love is that as we contend for that hope um, in what can be a very dreary time, we have promises from the word that God has for us. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to read through them all and then go through uh, the different verses that describe it. So uh, again, as we contend for hope, the promises we have are that we have confidence, uh, joy through testing, greater faith and love, perseverance, steadfastness, increased energy and passion, purity of life, closer relationship with the Father, and security. Mm. And I, I really liked, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shop fire read through some of these verses, listeners, um, just because I, I find that sometimes we say, like, have hope in the Lord. And, like, yes, that is good, that is true, that is biblical narrative. But, like, what is, like, what do we get with that? Like, what comes along with And, like, God has mm. shown us, like, what that looks like as we walk through that. Um, so, for confidence, um, in Philippians one twenty, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. In the joy through testing, Romans 12.12, 12, um, we rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. In the greater faith and love, in Colossians 1.4-5, because we have heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love you have for all of God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. For perseverance, um, Romans 8, 24 to 25. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Steadfastness, um, 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, the increased energy and passion as we hope um, in 1 Timothy 4.10. That is why we labor in strife, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. In the purity of life, John, 1 John 3.3. 3. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. A closer relationship with the Father in Hebrews seven nineteen, For the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. Mm. And then security in hope. 
Hebrews 6, 19. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Um, They're just, yeah, I guess seeing what that, again, those products of hope are. Not that we do things for the gift, but it helps me to remember, like, it's not just this ambiguous word. Like, we have promises from our Father of Mm -hmm. what what is on that journey of hope. Um, So, yeah, friends, we we just want to acknowledge that stagnation is a very real situation that can occur in the waiting and yes. we're waiting a lot in life. We're waiting with you <laughs> yeah, for many things. And sometimes yeah. we don't even know what we're waiting for, but we're waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are in and in between many times and having real desires and dreams while also recognizing that God has given us this day, the mercy and grace to get through this day. We mm-hmm. say that very often. This just house. enough <laughs> just, yeah, just for enough. this day. Mm-hmm. It is promised. Um, and in speaking to the in-between time of singleness, stagnation is something that can slowly creep into our lives and keep us like even comfortable even, I feel like. You can be like, well, you're comfortable, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but the waiting time that God has us in, it's it's not for nothing. Like we've talked about, it's it's not. Um, he, he has this fruit that he wants to produce in us um, during this time. So let's use this time for his glory. Let's take hold of the promises that he has for us as we hold on to hope. Let's sit in contentment of who he is and what he has provided, as well as look forward to the mission that he has called us as his disciples, um, which we're so excited to dig in together next um, mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. We're praying for you all and honestly with you all in this because yes. <laughs> we're yeah. in it too. Um, please reach out if you want to discuss this further um, with either of us. Uh, yeah. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Hey, this is Lisa De Silva again, and it is my absolute honor to be the co-founder and director of Arise. As a listener, reader, workshop participant, podcast guest, writer, whatever it is you do alongside us, you are an active member of this community. It's why we called it a collective, and we're so glad to have you as a vital part of it. Our prayer is that everything we do at Arise will serve as an encouragement and resource as you grow in your own understanding of the word, draw near to Christ, and share conversations with women about glorifying God through their own spiritual journey. Arise Ministries Collective is a nonprofit ministry operating on the generous donations of people like you. We simply can't do what we do without you. And as we grow and begin to reach more women for God's kingdom purpose, so does our need for financial support. If you would like to make a one-time or recurring monthly tax-deductible gift, click the donate button on our website to give and be sure to include your email and mailing address so we can stay in touch and send you a year-end receipt for your generosity. Thank you for supporting Arise Ministries Collective. To God be the glory.